Blog Talk Radio. Excuse me, uh, yes sir, I understand, but do you actually have the word yes in your vocabulary? I guess it started when I was a kid. If you said I couldn't do it, I did. Always had a stubborn streak, put a wall in front of me, and I'll find a way to get around it. There was a friend who said I'd never make the team. A lot of small town talkers said I'd never leave. Oh, and you know who you are. You all play the part in pushing me on to my dream. told me no pack it up and get back home it kept me going knowing I would prove them wrong yeah I knew it all along without a might have given up a long time ago and so I want to thank everyone who ever told me behind the desk He said, sorry what you got I just don't get Oh, but here I am today Standing on this stage And I wonder even now If he gets it, yeah I wanna thank everyone Who ever told me no Pack it up and get back home It kept me going Knowing I would prove them wrong Belief 
in the show, your show, by the way. It's it's not my show. It quit being my show a long time ago. Belief in the show and belief in the reach that this show has. My guest has called all the way from the Netherlands. I mean, it's like 3 o'clock in the morning there. Bless her heart. But she said she took a long nap, so she's ready to rock and roll. But before we get started, I have to tell you, because of y'all, of course, you know, the show is your show. It's not my show. And it's all y'all's show. It's your fault that this show is successful because we're now over 200,000 listeners in over 200 countries, including the Netherlands. And we just keep growing by leaps and bounds. We are booked all the way through the beginning of February. And I, every day somebody emails me or messages me and says, I want to be on the show yesterday. Well, it doesn't happen that way anymore, people. you, you got to give me some time because we're booked up. I mean, literally booked up. Yeah, I have a guest or two that will drop off, and then I slide somebody in there, but it's a wait list. It's as long as my arm. But that being said, we have fun anyway, and I want to thank you all for doing this, for giving the guest a voice and the guest for being willing to share their voice in places they might not be shared. There's two ways you can get on the show, ladies and gentlemen. One, you can come on the show as a guest. I know it, it sounds a little scary, but it's not. Trust me. We, once you talk to me for a few minutes, you forget you're live on radio. Or two, you can become a sponsor for the show. And I'm not out at in it to get rich. I don't want to get rich. It's, that's not what I'm in it for. I want you to have your voice heard. So for 10 bucks for 30 days or 31 days or whatever, I'll run an ad and you can either do an MP3 format or you can send it and I'll read it. And you're heard. Every show I have within that 30-day period, you're heard. And if you go and look at ads, you're going to say, Yvonne, have you lost your mind? Because People just don't charge that amount for ads. They start usually at three to four to five to six to seven hundred dollars. So ten bucks is tenpence. But I want to welcome two new sponsors to the show that um, have been on the show. The first one is Amy Lyle, and she is a comedian and an actor. She lives in my hometown in Atlanta, and she has a unique outlook on life. The woman is absolutely fall down funny. Most people hide their failures, but Amy not only wears it like a coat, she wrote an entire book about hers. It's called The Book of Failures. The book opens with, I've been married for 20 years. Uh, not to the same people, but 20 years nonetheless. The book talks about relationships, how hard it is to blend a family, and just funny failures of everyday life. The reason it's seller for over a year is that it's so relatable. Everybody needs more laughter in their lives. Buy it for yourself or for a friend or even an enemy that's going through a hard time. The Book of Failures is available at Barnes & Noble and on Amazon as a paperback, ebook, or audio. The Book of Failures by Amy Law. Get it today. Now, if you like audiobooks, there is a website called audiobookwormpromotions.com forward slash adopt an audiobook. And... The Adopt an Audiobook program has new releases and audiobooks of every genre. So you get to adopt this book, not shop for it. All audiobooks are free, but the caveat is that you agree to review it. I mean, what's it take? 30 seconds out of your day once you listen to it? Go in, type in a review, and go on with your life? You simply listen and share your thoughts. Audiobookwormpromotions.com. Adopt an audiobook. Jay Traveler Pelton, who has been on the show a couple of times, has released two books. Kai Dante Strategium is the first book. People are so happy about the destruction of the anti fertility virus that they want Kai to run for president. Kai Dante for president, indeed. And the Oberlands are back. They are successful in diverting the virus that is destroying the fertility of the populace, but in return, sanctuary is attacked and the family members are better to fight radiation sickness alone. Given only a strange poem to use, will Kai and her brother Micah figure out the puzzle before they all die? Who in the family will survive to destroy the tyrant running the brotherhood? The second book she has put out is called Clan Falconer's War. It is a fantasy set in the future medieval times after the big war. 
Lucian thought that as the youngest son of the manor, his future would be as simple as land owning a land-owning farmer who raised good horses and went up to the manor to visit the family for holidays. After all, there were seven brothers older than he with much more entitlement to the inheritance. However, through a massacre and magic, his simple acceptance of a quiet life was going to come to a roaring end as he ends up leading the forces of his clan and the kingdom against an evil greater than any wizard had ever faced, an evil led by his own brothers. Will he, his clan, and Falcon Crest survive the, vo- the war? Now, all of y'all have heard Diane Moot. She's been on this show before. She is absolutely hysterically funny. And Australia, thank you very much because you all put Diane on your bestseller list. Thank you. She has a series called the Sam Holden series, and Sam Holden is a favorite vigilante. In the third book in the series, titled Dog Bones, Sam's quest to avenge abused animals is threatened when the FBI comes after her on one side and the commissioner wants her dead on the other side. Will Sam's double life be exposed? Will she be able to protect the animals, her friends, and herself? Check out Dog Bones by Diane Moat everywhere ebooks are sold. And if you haven't started the series yet, ladies and gentlemen, Go on Amazon, look up Diane Moat, and start with the first in the series, Dog Gone, because right now it is going for free. And with that, we are going to start our evening. And like I said, this lovely, lovely author, this is her second appearance on the show, and bless her heart, I don't know many people that would take a nap to be up at 3 o'clock in the morning to come on this show at 8 o'clock my time. That says so much. For her, and it it is very humbling for me, and I appreciate it so, so much that she is willing to do that. Her name is Jennifer S. Alderson, and she worked as a journalist and website developer in Seattle, Washington, before trading her financial security for a backpack. After traveling extensively around Asia and Central America, she moved to Darwin, Australia, before finally settling in the Netherlands. There, she earned degrees in art history and museum studies. Home is now Amsterdam, where she lives with her Dutch husband and young son. Jennifer travels and experiences color and inform her internationally oriented fiction. Her first novel, Down and Out in Kathmandu, a backpacker mystery, is a travel fiction adventure through Nepal and Thailand. The Lover's Portrait, an art mystery, her second book, is a suspenseful whodunit that transport readers to wartime and present and present-day Amsterdam, both are part of an ongoing yet standalone series following the adventures of traveler and culture lover Zelda Richardson. The third installment, another art-related travel thriller entitled Rituals of the Dead, an artifact mystery, was released in March of this year. Her travel log, Notes of a Naive Traveler in Nepal and Thailand, is a must-read for those interested in learning more about or wishing to travel to Nepal and Thailand. And she also has released Smuggler's Deceit. And when I read about this and, and some of the things that popped up and some of the, the things that rolled around in my head, I'm going, boy, we're going to talk about this one, but good. Jennifer, my darling, thank you so, so much for staying up all night to talk to me. <laughs> it's truly a pleasure, Ivana. And congratulations on all your success. It's really oh, honey, wonderful it's, to hear. It's, it's our success. I can't do this well, by myself. Exactly. People That's would get true. bored That's with true. it. <laughs> <They're> so bored. <laughs> I can have a mouth a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good combination of fascinating listeners, a great host, and some good guests. So that's wonderful to hear. Really good. Exceptional, <laughs> exceptional guests. I have the cream oh. of the crop, I'm going to tell you. Oh. Pe- I really do enjoy it. Yeah. Well, thank you, my yeah. darling. Well, let's catch <laughs> up a little bit. What in the world have you been doing? Well, that, you know, it's um, been quite an adventure since we last talked. I have released, indeed, um, I changed the title, Rituals of the Dead, it ended up uh, being called, instead of Smuggler's Deceit. I couldn't uh, whiffle and waffled, and finally ended up going with a little bit less subtle uh, uh, title. Uh, So that one's now called Rituals of the Dead, and it's indeed the third mystery. And this one is uh, set in Papua, Papua New Guinea, a lot of people say, but Papua, the left side of the island, and Amsterdam, 
uh, again, um, which has been a lot of fun to be able to use my adopted hometown as one of the settings. Um, and I have two audiobooks out, which has been really cool to see, to see how people respond to for both Lover's Portrait and Rituals of the Dead. Um, and that's a totally new field for me because I, before this, knew very little about audiobooks and unfortunately didn't <laughs> listen to them very often, but I have been now. So. <laughs> well, and, and audiobooks crazy. are wonderful because it used to be that you could only listen to them in your car or on your computer, and now yeah. they just their own, working out, driving, in the spa. Exactly. You don't want to watch exactly. football. You pop in an audio book. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or you watch football and listen to an audio oh, book. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's been a summer of football, so yes. <laughs> yeah, well, ours is just getting started. Oh, my Lord. Oh, Every yeah, Saturday and true. Sunday. God. Yeah. Every Saturday and Sunday. So. <laughs> So we women have more options, huh? That is true. That is, I just I just go into my own little world and get tunnel vision unless it's something I'm really interested in, and and I don't even pay attention. It just because I get go. bored with it. Watching exactly. Sorry. Twenty four but... men run up and down a field kicking a football. <laughs> and and uh, the NFL yeah. is my biggest my biggest pet peeve because these men make buku amounts of money, more money than most of us ever see in a lifetime. And they want That's to complain real. about everything. Then they don't want to stand and support our country and our veterans. That really ticks me off. And they just want to complain, complain, complain. Well, now they're the problem. They're not part of the solution. So, you know, yeah, I like, that's true. Suck it up, Buttercup. Get over yourself. You're not that great. <laughs> when you turn thirty, there'll be another one waiting to take your place. Yeah, that's it's it's amazing the kind of egos that I bet. Yeah, I guess when that kind of millions are on the line, I guess your ego gets pretty big pretty fast. But yeah, when you oh know well. what they say about what they say about egos, don't you? Yeah, you trip over them every oh. time. Exactly. I agree completely. Wise woman. 
Yes, she was a woman. She was very, very wise. Extremely. I'm so. really sorry. And thank you. Thank you. It, it, I know. She, I, I saw she was recently passed. I'm very sorry to hear it, that. So thank you. She, uh, well, I knew when my father died three years ago that she died mm-hmm. that day, too. She just didn't leave. Oh. She, But she died the day That's, he died. My grandparents were like that too. It's really tough to see, but uh, but that tells you that there's a lot of love there. So yes. that's really important to know too, especially as and, her and, daughter. So and and at, from the time she was 13 years old. Oh my gosh! She loved wow. that. Yes, uh, that long. Yeah, that's wow. <laughs> yeah, that's a lifetime. Wow, lifetime. She loved that man all, her entire life. But mm-hmm. art, art is the same thing as anthropology mm-hmm. if you go back and you look at art mm-hmm. and the evolution of art it tells the history of mankind absolutely absolutely there's so many beautiful lessons to see and a lot of the older art maybe doesn't look that interesting but once you start to realize they use so many symbols and uh, almost hidden messages, but for us hidden, but for people then, that was just a way of communicating. They weren't a lot of people couldn't read or you didn't didn't want to read, but you know would go to the church or that kind of thing. But it was amazing. It's amazing to see how art is used indeed to to spread messages as well, not just to be pretty. Maybe nowadays it is just to be pretty or different or controversial, but <laughs> it's evolved. <laughs> Well, and and two, Jennifer, would it be fair to say that not only did did it send messages and tell stories, because in many cases it did tell stories, but the um, tell me the word I'm looking for because I just went stupid. The material that was used to create the art, the colors. I mean, people didn't always have acrylic paints and paintbrushes and watercolors and. Oh my God. No, you're absolutely right. All the work they had to do just to prepare all the paints and the materials and the goat skin, a different, yeah, I don't know if it was goat skins, but I know animal hide was involved in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, these people really had to do a lot of work to really, they really must have wanted to paint, which is pretty incredible. And tell stories. Of how much effort. And tell these stories, yeah. They felt, it's actually quite amazing. I never really thought about that that the early painters were a lot like uh, writers in a way. They were just got to, had to get their stories out there to people and did everything they could to to make sure people understood them and making them pretty so that people would actually look at them and respond to them, which is can you, can quite you a imagine, beautiful thing. Can you imagine all the chiseling that the Egyptians did on the pharaohs? Oh, I mean, it was enough to build Jeez, the tomb. Man, but man that dedication crazy. indeed. Yes. That's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're absolutely right. All the hieroglyphs and all the, yeah, the, the beauty, actually, that they created out of chiseling. <laughs> Never really thought about that that way either, Yvonne. Um, Very nice. On um, stone, yes. <laughs> Just to tell the story of the Pharaoh's yeah. life and his journey into the underworld and, and yeah. the pigment, the pigments they used. I mean, they used um, yeah. sand and they used... Uh, flower petals, and they used, I'm sure, animal blood to to stir some of the colors, and maybe even um, charcoal dust from some of the fires they built with the wood. Not charcoal dust, but ember. You know what? Yeah, embers no, from I, the wood. Yeah, the embers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. That's a lot of dedication and ingenuity to think of. Hey, yeah. I could maybe paint with those embers. <laughs> and it's lasted. For thousands of yeah. years. That's true. Oh, my gosh, yeah. That's very, very true. It's and quite amazing go, what people can leave behind. Yeah. Yes. And let's go a step further and add the third, which is religion, into mm-hmm. the mix. And how mm-hmm. religion, that, well, religion, theology, worship, mm-hmm. faith, how all that evolved to what it is now and the the attitudes and the the wars that were fought because in the name of religion and and all the things that were involved 
that go back to art and anthropology, mm-hmm. and you mix all those three together. And if you are willing to open your mind, it literally tells you the family lives, the wars, the famines, the heartaches, mm-hmm. what was going on in those three things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that was, um, that's to me was the most um, difficult, but also fascinating about writing Rituals of the Dead, the newest book, is that I combine the three, the religion, art, and anthropology. And I, I was, my, my parents were very religious. I was brought up in the church. I don't go as often now, unfortunately, but I'm still very aware of the importance and the power of the church. Yet in my book, there are missionaries working in Papua, Papua New Guinea, that weren't always doing the right thing. But, and that's what I tried to make clear in the book, these are 1930s to 19, anthropologists and missionaries working in the 1930s to 1960s. Their mindset was so different. They truly thought they were helping people. Now when we look back, we think, no, <laughs> you weren't Not really so helping much. them. <laughs> Not, <laughs> Not so much, so much. <laughs> No. <laughs> huge challenge to try to write about these characters in that time period and make them come across as make people understand they were really trying to do their best they weren't trying to be hurtful looking back we can see they didn't do such a great job but i found that i found that to be very important that people didn't just think oh god missionary's bad they really <laughs> did try <laughs> Catholicism 
And yes, some right. some of them formed an underground um, Jewish society that on the surface they looked like they were embracing the Catholic religion, but they they went underground and practiced their Judaism. And I cannot remember what time period. I think it was during that oh Spanish gosh. time period. I think it's right, too, with the Moors coming out. Oh, my goodness. Hey, more fast things to look up. This is great. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you had me on Very a nice. roll when I, when I was reading that. Oh, oh we got to talk about this. Hey. <laughs> hey, that's great. Oh, it's, it's an endless... Uh, Source of inspiration, uh, anthropology and art uh, and and religion. Just there's so many aspects and so many people think so differently about it. That also makes it a little touchy sometimes. Um, you don't want to offend people un- intentionally. Like in my book, this latest book, it's not an anti-religion thing at all. Religion has very little to do with it. But because one of the main characters is a missionary, that obviously plays an important role <laughs> but it's not a religious book in any way so it makes it yeah it makes it rather difficult not to but people have to read with an person. open mind but yeah, they have to read with an so open too. mind uh, and and it brings to mind the other night my husband and I were watching a thing about um the woman uh, Harper Lee that wrote oh, yeah. to kill a mockingbird to kill a mockingbird she wrote it at a time in history when certain verbiage was used, certain situations were, were known, and certain environmental things were going on. Yeah. And for many years, they tried to ban that book because it was, quote, unquote, oh, offensive. And I'm yeah. thinking, but you are, you're destroying, you can't rewrite history just because you don't like it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's so incredibly important to keep that book in circulation because of that. And Huckleberry Finn and all of Mark Twain's books, I agree. He used they use language that nowadays is not okay. But you need to make clear that not even a hundred years ago people thought like that. I mean, it's so important. And, you don't and, want to and, wipe and the, that out. No, and the same with your books. If it if it offends a person, that's on that person because they're not exactly. getting a clear understanding with what. Language you're writing this book in It is a book to educate To entertain and to Glean knowledge from And it hopefully is a piece of history Yeah It is It is. I did base a lot of this on historical facts Purposely I didn't want to just make up stuff And you know have I don't know I think it's important if you're going to write something That you promote as historical fiction That it's actually accurate (laughs) So Exactly. <laughs> well, we're, we're going to stop. Make this it up is a good stopping, There you go. This is a good stopping point because we're going to we're going to run some ads right quick, and we're going to be right back because that segues into something else I want to bring up, ladies and gentlemen. This is off the chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with the wonderful, wonderful author Jennifer S. Alderman. And if you haven't read her books, please read them because you will learn so much. This woman is phenomenal. So hang on and we will be right back. Best-selling and award-winning author of true crime and crime fiction, Yvonne Mason is back with a brand new book, The Pink Canary, a book that delves into the life of a drag queen and a marvelous whodunit. You can find this and all of Yvonne's other works on Amazon.com. Or find Yvonne Mason on Facebook and Twitter. You're gonna kill me. Buy your copy of Pink Canary now. You have cougars on your porch swing? Our horse is your new best friend. Do your nicest shoes get buried knee deep in snow as your toes turn blue? Are you bothered by wolves at your woodpile? No, not that kind of wolf. Join wildlife artist and author Nancy Quinn and her family as they discover an exciting new life in Go West, Young Woman, a true Montana adventure. Available online and in bookstores. Or visit quinnwildlifeart.com for a personalized signed copy. Critics agree, it's a hoot. 
This is Jade. And this is Winona. Wow, it's been a busy summer. Yes, we have new books. I think we have a new audio book. And I thought Divorce Was Bad with Other Life Lessons. Why is that title such a mouthful? I don't know, but you can hear that mouthful on Audible and on iTunes now. And that will take you through life changes, the highs and lows of it, through pop poetry and the literary life guide. So remember to check us out. And no, I don't mean a once over, but then my narcissism said, well, maybe check me out once. And then look at the rest of the website at andrethought.com. You can check out the podcast and the YouTube channel and everything that we're doing on that website, andwethought.com, just in case you didn't get it the first time. Oh, my goodness. So we're going to say bye from Winona and Jade and our website. Okay, is this going to be like a running gag? Yup. Andwethought.com. Bye-bye. Germany, 1938. Charlotte, a young girl of 15, wanders into Georg's cobbler's shop to have her shoes repaired. Georg, enamored by Charlotte's charm and grace, decides then and there that he's going to marry her. But they must keep their love a secret from family, friends, and, most importantly, the Nazis. Follow along as Georg's pursuit of the young Charlotte results in the couple traveling a heart-stopping, winding route to stay one step ahead of the Gestapo in their escape from Nazi Germany, with a surprising twist along the way. If you like history and romance, don't miss Good Things Always Happen in Springtime by Joanne Fisher, available at www.joannesbooks.com. Juliana is a middle-aged housewife in Toronto with a career, a husband, that has little interest in her well-being, and three children. In the evenings, she gets on her computer and chats with people around the world. When she gets involved with Aaron and Bobby, her life becomes a pinball, bouncing around her husband, her job, her children, and her two online friends. She's bewitched by the romantic poetry of Aaron. But the honesty and kindness of Bobby bring her all the way to California. Watch for the ironic twist of fate that takes her in a direction she never expected. If you like spicy romances, don't miss With All of Me by Joanne Fisher. Available at www.joannesbooks.com Fiore is a young Italian woman engaged to be married but her plans are interrupted by a charismatic Sebastian, a handsome middle-aged Spanish businessman. Her beauty strikes him like a thunderbolt sent by the goddess Venus herself. When she's given a peculiar gift, a Spanish doll, she's thrown into a whirlwind of entangled passion, money, secrets, and love. Their romance sparks in a charming little Italian town located on the southern part of Lake Garda in northern Italy and takes them around the globe. What happens when her life is suddenly shattered by a lifelong secret? Her Spanish doll will bring you to a caliente Spain and a romantic Italy, adding some spice along the way. Available at www.joannesbooks.com. And we are back. This is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with the wonderful, multi-talented, much-traveled, well-versed, very intellectual author, Jennifer S. Alderson. And Jennifer, before we went to break, we were talking about how and art and anthropology all just plays a role in where we've been, where we are, and where we're going. And what I found interesting is one of your books is in the Jewish Historical Museum there in Amsterdam. Tell me about that. Yeah, the lover's portrait, yeah. That uh, takes place indeed in Amsterdam, and um, it's about um, an art history student, an American art history student, who is working at the Amsterdam um, Historical Museum on an exhibition with the Jewish Historical Museum, exactly, about um, artwork that was stolen by the Nazis during the Second World War, but is unclaimed, meaning it's still in 
a Dutch depots, no one has come forward and said that was from my father, mother, or myself. Um, and sadly, that concept, the exhibition in my story is fake, is made up, but the um, there is an actual ex exhibition and there is an actual collection still of thousands of pieces of uh, artwork, paintings, um, uh, antiquities, tables, you know, beautiful uh, armoires, uh, you name it, artwork, uh, jewelry, all sorts of things that still lay unclaimed in Dutch depots, was stolen from primarily Jewish families, and sadly, the families were in a lot of cases were either wiped out completely during the war through starvation, you know, uh, bombing raids, concentration camps, of course, work camps. But also, in a lot of cases, if there was a surviving child, they didn't know where their artwork, their family's uh, precious things, ended up. And they were returned to the Dutch government after the war, but a lot of people didn't realize that. I mean, you have, if you're a child who survived, your parents didn't, the last thing you're going to worry about is where was that picture that Opa gave us one year? It's not really, or Grandpa gave us one year. It's not really the kind of thing you're worried about at that point. But a lot of times people would think back you know, in the 1950s and 60s, hey, wait a second, we did have this incredible collection of artwork. Where did it go? And they just simply couldn't find it. And that all ended up in these depots in Dutch European museums, actually. Our governments all over Europe have these kinds of collections. And so these governments now are trying and have been trying to find the owners. But, yeah, how do you find an owner who doesn't know it's there? <laughs> that was wow. a huge challenge. Yeah, I mean, how are, you, how are you even supposed to let someone know that their grandpa's, you know, portrait is in a Dutch depot when they're in Canada maybe or something like that? <laughs> um, it's just, Yeah. And you have no records. You can't, you know, look, find them anywhere. There's no records, archival records about the painting to point in their direction. It's incredible that so many pieces were claimed, um, but there are literally thousands still to this day in European uh, depots um, waiting to be found, really. Well, I think it is an, an honor that they have the lover's portrait and their collection, that says a lot about you, my friend, and oh. and your craft and the way you put that, that book together. Because that a lot of research had to go into that book. Man, I tell you what, yes. <laughs> I'm, as an American, we learned a lot about the Second World War. But I lived on the West Coast. And so we learned primarily about Pearl Harbor. And that, you know, there was sadly Japanese concentration camps, you know, concentration camps of um, Japanese and other uh, citizens on American soil. So we learned more about that kind of thing. I knew, for instance, I'm extraordinarily embarrassed to tell you the Savannah, but I had seen Anne Frank's play at school many times and heard the story a whole bunch of times. I had no idea it was in Amsterdam, that she lived in Amsterdam. Until I moved here. I felt like such an idiot. I was like, are you kidding me? That's Anne Frank's house? Okay, this is just really embarrassing. It's just one of those stories that you'd heard so many times, and it'd become a sort of a universal story about the war. And I never really, as a child, stopped to think about where was this taking place. It was in Europe somewhere. But now that somewhere is here <laughs> where I'm living, and you see the signs everywhere. I mean, there's... Uh, thousands of monuments, um, uh, lots of wonderful attention. I mean, the, when the memories, the, the memorial summaries, uh, ceremonies uh, about the war are incredibly moving. There's tons and tons of monuments here. Um, but I had to learn all of that to be able to write about it. And I am so grateful. The Jewish Historical Museum was extraordinarily helpful um, in, when I was doing research about Jewish artists and actually helped me find um, lists of really talented artists who happened to be Jewish and were caught at the end of the war and uh, either executed or sent to concentration camps. And so 
kind of to honor their memory, I used one of their stories, one of the actual Jewish artists that they had introduced me to, who did die in the concentration camp about two months before the war ended, sadly. Um, he is actually a character, I, I should say. I based one of my characters on him as a sort of an honor to his memory because it is just incredible what these people... There's so much talent lost, and for just no reason whatsoever. Just so sad. And I'm incredibly honored to tell you that the Jewish Historical Museum was so happy with the book, My Lover's Portrait, that they've included it now in their collection, which they never do, they said, about fiction. But it's now, if you're ever in Amsterdam, you can read The Lover's Portrait if you go to the Jewish Historical Museum for free. <laughs> wow. Awesome. So it's I was very happy. It's, it's also in another museum that I don't want to massacre the name, oh. but I can't pronounce it. The Stadelic. The Stadelic. Yeah, that, oh, my gosh. That, that was a tough one to learn. Yes. Tell me why. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. oh, it's there. That's very sweet. That's the city's, uh, Amsterdam's uh, modern art collection, modern and contemporary art museum. And uh, I was... Again, lucky, um, I used a lot of their archival documents. They have an amazing uh, archive uh, about museums and exhibitions um, for always pretty much all over Europe, or primarily, sorry, in the Netherlands, but also in Europe. Um, I used a lot of their information to learn about uh, the more modern artists um, uh, also that I talk about in the book more in the 1940s and 30s. And um, they also uh, were so happy with the book and the research that I had done and the inclusion of their research in my book that they also included it in their library, which was a huge honor. So, again, if you're at the Stadelic Museum, you can read it there, too. And, and ladies and gentlemen, it gets better. I mean, it, it, this woman is amazing. It's also... Um, the world's first LGBT travel kiosk and information point for the Homo Monument stocks it because they believe the storyline is unique in fiction. And the University of Amsterdam has added both of her novels to their recommended reads written by alumni. And bookstores over there carry all three of her novels and help promote them how in the world my friend because they like the story and the research you did this is amazing I'm, I'm a very very lucky woman yeah I've had so many positive responses um, I beat the beat the concrete or sidewalk as they say and when my when I had first first two books out I went to pretty much every bookstore that sold English language books in the city and I was so grateful that pretty much all of them put it on their shelves without even questioning it. They would read it and got back to me and said yes, which is really, really wonderful. And I'm now actually in a couple bookstores that sell primarily Dutch language books, which will be interesting to see how that goes. But uh, I was actually quite honored that they were interested in adding their, my books to their collection, so or their bookstore. Um, but I am very impressed with the support I've gotten here in the Netherlands. And indeed, the, the pink point, as they're called, that LTGB kiosk, um, it's quite funny. They are next to, if you're ever in Amsterdam, you'll find something very strange. You will find the Anne Frank House, one of the largest churches in the city, the Wester Church, and the Homo Monument, all literally on the same square next to each other. And it's quite an interesting piece of history to stand there. And it's, the church is important for its Protestant history. But to, to see these things, and the Homo Monument itself, it's a pink triangle partially submerged in one of the canals to honor all of the victims, homosexual victims of the war, um, because they were also persecuted just as the... Jewish mm -hmm. uh, population and political descents and a lot of other people, Romas that didn't like gypsies, pretty much anyone who didn't look like their Aryan example was on the no-go list and there are monuments to all of them here in the city and that's really amazing um, 
Um, it's something I I'd actually I don't remember ever seeing in an American city, but maybe I've been to the wrong one. <laughs> there could be somewhere, but <laughs> it was quite nice to see. And interesting to see how they're also uh, during in May when the end and the beginning of the war are celebrated here. Um, they are just covered with flowers. I mean, you you'll go by and you'll see this huge pile of flowers. You think, what is that? And it's just some random World War II monument that you might not have even noticed before except for the flowers. So I think, wow. So it's really, people really make a point of keeping that memory alive, which is quite wonderful to see. And you do it so well in your books. Oh, thank you. Well, it's it's really an honor to me whenever I see a review that somebody has said they learned something about history or culture or another culture, another way of thinking. That to me is the ultimate um, five-star review, even if they didn't give five stars. It's just that makes me so happy, and that's the reason why I write the books I write and don't write to market, as they call it. Um, And I've been extremely pleased to find a lot of readers interested in the books I write, um, which is, you know, motivates you to keep writing them. So (laughs) that's good. (laughs) Well, and and also what I found out, I had forgotten about Michael Rockefeller. Yes. Yes, that's true. He's in Rituals of the Dead, yes. That is <laughs> yeah. a lost piece yeah. of history. Because oh he gosh. was one of the Rockefellers. Yes, exactly. Yes. One of their, I think he was the youngest son, but please don't hold me on that. I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> um, he was one of the youngest sons. And he wanted to go his own way and decided to study cultural anthropology. And in 1960, I think, for the first time, and then in 61, he went on two different collection trips to Papua, Papua New Guinea, what was then a Dutch colony, Dutch New Guinea, um, and disappeared on the second trip, never to be seen of again or heard of again. And what's crazy to me, and actually one of the reasons why I wrote this Rituals of the Dead, is that he had a meeting with a Dutch, a very here, a very famous Dutch missionary, hours before, apparently the day before he left, or very soon before he left for this collection trip, disappeared. And um, he had actually meant to go back and talk with this missionary again. And for some reason, that little tidbit, that missed meeting, stuck with me for years and finally inspired this book that idea of why would he have missed the meeting and what happened, and I don't know. But the real Michael Rockefeller, oh, that poor guy, they, I don't know what happened to him. Nobody does. But they have all sorts of stories about him being eaten by crocodiles and sharks and be, have, he was headhunted or he just drowned and disappeared. But nobody to this day knows, which is quite crazy considering how rich his family was and had poured lots of money into the search for him. But yeah, it's one of those mysteries. And, and I'm sure he was with a anthropology party. He wasn't off alone, was he? Yeah. I don't remember since alone. No. So did the whole party no. disappear? Just yeah. him. Just him. It was it was quite crazy. He was with um a friend, an American friend, and an anthropologist and a whole crew of uh asthmat people. Sorry, I just need <sighs> sorry about that. And uh thank you. <laughs> They um, took off for their collection trip. The boat started to sink. The asthmats took off. They just swum back and said, everybody go swim. Rockefeller, for some reason, decided that he wasn't going to leave the boat, abandon ship at first. And his uh, anthropologist friend, they stayed on the boat. But after hours of kind of bobbing around and not being rescued, Rockefeller couldn't wait any longer, tied a, what was it, a jerry, empty jerry can to his back, told his friend in the famous last words, I think I can make it, jumped in the water and was never seen again. And what's incredibly sad is that his friend, Renee Westling, I believe, was rescued uh, hours later. So if he had just had a little more patience, he would have been rescued, which is quite crazy if you think about it. I mean, just a couple hours of time. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. You never know. Patience is a virtue. 
<laughs> yeah, that is true. That that is very true. And you are not going to believe this, my dear one, but our hours yeah. almost up yet again. Oh God, it is. Wow, these hours fly by. Ivana, thank you so much for this. I really appreciate you, you asking me back. Well, you come back because I know after the first of the year you're going to have something else out there, or pretty close. It's, the next one's out in the uh, fingers crossed May, and this one's about uh, drug dealers, art uh, forgers, and museum thieves, and it's set in Amsterdam, actually all over the Netherlands, and Turkey, um, which has been really awesome. I just got back from a, a research wink wink trip to Turkey. It was actually family fun, but also research. And man, I am excited to share another country with my readers. So, oh, oh you got to come gonna back. Be great. You got, you got. When oh. in May are you gonna release it? I'm the right now. We're aiming for May. That's the de- the deadline. If all the stars align, um, it will be out then. <laughs> it's. it's uh, I don't have a great working title yet, so we'll just leave it vague. But um, it's really Let's excited about it. it. Let's and, launch it on the show. What? Sorry, honey. Let's launch it on this show. Oh, that would be awesome. Now we'll be in touch, Ivana. <laughs> Absolutely. No, that would be. Tell, that would be. Yeah, I, I'm serious. I want to launch it on the show. Tell the folks where you can be found and where your wonderful books can be found. <laughs> well, I am actually making the move to Kindle Unlimited for a time. So right now I'm. Part of my catalog is wide, meaning you can find them everywhere that they sell wonderful ebooks and paperbacks. Um, but I'm moving them, the ebooks to Amazon uh, only in the next week. And you can also find my i on iBooks, my audiobooks uh, for Lover's Portrait and Ritual of the Dead on um, Barnes and Noble, uh, Books a Million, Ball.com, and every other paperback bookstore you can think of. You can find all of my books, and I do do a lot of giveaways on my site. So if you want to check out JenniferSAlderson.com or my Facebook page, which is Facebook, and then Jennifer S. Alderson Author, because the other one was taken, um, keep in, get in touch, and uh, maybe you'll win a book. You never know. But and I she really also has appreciate audio your, books. Oh, yes. I'm very excited about these. Audiobooks, yes. If you're on Audible, you can listen for free. And iBooks, I honestly don't think you can listen for free, but I know they're cheaper on iBooks for some reason. So take a look. <laughs> and I hope take a listen, I should say. Um, thank you so much, my dear, and congratulations on all your success and your books. Thank you. And your coming releases. And, uh, and for, again, for letting me share my books with your fans. I really appreciate that. Oh, it's my pleasure. It, I, I I am grateful that you stay up half the night to talk to me for an hour. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here. Jennifer will come back. There are several things I say at the end of the show. One of them is people will forget your name. They'll forget what you look like, but they will never, ever, ever forget how you've made them feel. And I hope and pray that each and every one of you, guest and listener alike, understand that you are the most special person in the room. Also, if you want to achieve greatness, please stop asking permission because nobody's going to give it to you. Trust me, you are great already. Just go out and grab what it is that you want because it's yours. We will be back on Wednesday night with the last week of the month of September. If you can believe that, this month has flown by. Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night, 8 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time, we have a slam Bam, we climbed up for you. Again, I want to thank Jennifer S. Alderson for being here. Check her out because she is magnificent. You will learn things, ladies and gentlemen. You will learn things. And with that, I want to thank Thank you all for joining me. You are so welcome, my dear. Thank you. I'm serious, ladies. She had to take a nap just to be up with us tonight. I mean, that that is an honor. No, you're fine. So you're totally worth it, Devon. Absolutely. I'll hang out on the show. Sorry. Um, join us again on Wednesday night at 8 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time when once again, Off the Chain will be here. I am your host, Yvonne Mason. And as always, 
we never know what we're going to talk about because we are off the chain. Until Wednesday night, we say good night. Now, don't forget to send me those chapters and an external link. I will. I will. I'll get that. um, No problem. Do you want the whole MP3 file, or would you prefer to send it to SoundCloud? I just want one one chapter. One chapter. In MP3. And then a link where they can go and buy the entire book. Oh, even better. See, what I do is I suck them in. It's called a hook. I suck them in with one chapter. And then if they want to listen to the whole book, they can go to the external link. Because all I do when I put it up, I do it streaming only. So they can't download it. They can just listen. If they want the whole book, then they have to go to the link and buy it off of Audible. That is a great idea. Oh, what, you're very good at this. Okay, I will <laughs> definitely send you the links tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to go to bed tonight, but yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, oh. <laughs> and you know that tomorrow I will, tonight I'll put the archive show up, and then tomorrow I'll put up all the podcasts, and I'm going to tag you in all of these so that you can share them with everyone so everybody can listen to the show. Thank you so, I so will. much. Oh, honey, don't you thank you so much for asking and being so flexible with the dates. And I know from last time I kept getting the, uh, oh, I missed it. But but luckily a lot of people went and listened back in and, and gave great comments. So I'm going to do that again this time, share all your and, links with everybody. And that's why yeah. we have it on iTunes and YouTube and FM.com and TuneIn Radio and iHeartRadio and Podcast.com and Podcast so Garden. SoundCloud and MixCloud and <laughs> Spreaker. How do you it's, keep up? <laughs> because I, I, I have it down to a science. Um, the okay. show, when I put it up, on, it, it automatically uploads to Spreaker and iTunes and YouTube oh. and FM.com. And then I integrate it to my um, social media to Facebook and Twitter and Google and Tumblr and um, iHeartRadio and SoundCloud. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that saves you a lot of time. You don't have to log yeah. in 20 times and try to right. upload it everywhere. It's all it's all integrated together, which is a beautiful thing. That really is. Oh, that's fabulous. <laughs> I'm, I am really impressed. I think you had 80,000 80, listeners the last time I came mm-hmm. on about a year ago, which was already amazing, Yvonne. But this is two hundred thousand girl who are really all working it. Well, it's I not your fault. I'm impressed. It's your fault. We keep getting all these great guests. Yeah, because I mean, how else would someone know about your wonderful books? Now, yeah, that's it's uh, it's incredible. It's really incredible. That's really sweet of you. Again, your energy is so wonderful. Thank you so Thank much you. for this. I really. Thank. Thank really you, my darling, and I I want you to come back. Let, give me a as as the time gets closer. Please stay in touch with me because I'm I seriously want to launch the book on this show and Wouldn't get it out awesome? there. Yes, that would be so cool. I will definitely keep you in the loop, quad dates and everything, and okay. that would be such an honor. Right now, I'm looking at May, but when? Uh, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Still feels so long away, far away, but yeah. But it'll be here tomorrow. Trust me, it'll be oh, here much, tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> you oh, go, you go to bed, my darling, and I'll get all this stuff up. And then tomorrow, you can send me the chapters and the links, and you'll have the links Share to the show you. already up. Yes. And then they thank can you say. so much. And I, I have will be over, you and yeah. There's over three thousand yeah. um, listeners on Reverb Nation. Jesus, whoa, that is incredible. My goodness, woman, you are really good at this. That's incredible. That's and a lot incredible. of them, a lot of them are musicians, and yes, they they oh, listen cool. to the 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 quote unquote songs. So yeah. Right. Yeah. Now that's really cool. You. It's a whole new world. This broadcasting and all the posts. It's really great. It's wonderful. Yes. Well done. Well, I am going to go to sleep, but I, again, cannot thank you enough, seriously, for asking me back. And I hope you have a wonderful evening. I'll 
be sure to thank you everywhere tomorrow (laughs) and share it. (laughs) Thank you, my darling, and thank your thank your family for sharing you with me for an hour. Oh, they're they think it's wonderful that you even asked. So no worries there. (laughs) Well, thank them anyway because I mean three o'clock in the morning that's a little rough. (laughs) I will. (laughs) I can hear talk to you later, sweetheart. All right. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye.